Welcome to Your Pharmacy Career Podcast, proudly brought to you by Ravens Recruitment, Australia's leading specialist pharmacy recruitment agency. The podcast series has been created to shine a light on the diverse and inspiring careers of Australia's pharmacists. Each episode will focus on the varied career opportunities within the pharmacy industry by exploring the career paths taken by leaders in the fields of community pharmacy, hospital, industry, government and professional organisations. Careers never follow a defined path. Everyone's story is different and unique in their own way. The podcast series will help you discover the world of opportunities that exist and reveal pathways to achieve your dreams and aspirations. Whether you are a pharmacy student, early career pharmacist, or simply looking for a change at any stage of your career, the podcast series is designed to help you navigate ways into a career and a life that you love. Your host of the podcast series is Ali Sue. Ali, herself a pharmacist, is now the founder of Global Pharmacy Entrepreneurs and a passionate advocate for pharmacists to grow, innovate, excel, and make a lasting impact in the world. It's now over to our host, Ali Sue. Welcome to the last episode of the year. Hope you all had a wonderful Christmas with family and friends. Thank you all pharmacists for your hard work during this difficult year. Please take some time to rest and look after your own well-being. In this episode, I'm honored to speak to Kay Dunkley. Kay is passionate about the health and well-being of healthcare professionals. After forging a career based in hospital pharmacy prior to having children, Kay has over the years also been involved in roles providing services which support pharmacists and other healthcare professionals. These roles have included working for the Pharmaceutical Society of Australia, the Victorian Drug Usage Advisory Committee, the Victorian Medicines Advisory Committee, and the Victorian Pharmaceutics Advisory Group. Kay is employed as the Executive Officer of the Pharmacist Support Service, PSS. The role with PSS led to employment by AMA Victoria to establish and coordinate their peer support service for doctors and medical students, which is based on the PSS model. At AMA Victoria, Hay also coordinates the peer visitor program, matching elderly isolated doctors with volunteer visitors who are medical students or doctors. In addition, she shares the role of coordinating the doctor in training mentoring program at AMA Victoria. Kay has also, until recently, worked as an accredited consultant pharmacist, undertaking medication reviews. In 2020, Kay was awarded the Pharmaceutical Society of Australia Symbian Pharmacist of the Year. In this episode, Kay shares with us many insights into her successful pharmacy career. Furthermore, Kay provides us with tips on how to maintain our own health and well-being in a busy workplace. Without further ado, let's welcome Kay. Hi Kay, hope you had a great Christmas. Welcome to the show. And we're all been through another tough year. The various strains of COVID-19 has impacted the psychological well-being of healthcare professionals globally. Psychological scars have formed, including burnout, anxiety, depression, and Sonia triggered by personal and work-related factors. Like many healthcare workers, pharmacists are providing a vital service during COVID-19, offering a highly trusted and reliable frontline service for patients, which putting pharmacists at risk of exposure. And I came across a study measuring burnout in Australian pharmacists 
recently. It showed a higher than previous reported rate of burnout affecting the profession. Uh, with high workloads, overtime, medication supply, and patient behavior have affected pharmacists' work during pandemic. What are your thoughts on that? There's um, a particular, it's a bell-shaped curve that relates to stress. And we perform at our peak when we're at the top of that stress curve. Once we get too stressed, we don't perform as well. And if we're stressed for a long period of time, that's when we become burnt out. Now, the issue with burnout is that we become more robotic in what we do and we suppress our emotions. We're not as warm. We're just going through the motions. Now, you, yes, we can have a, we all have stressful days in the workplace and you know at the end of that you might need to do something to relax and wind down but when that happens repeatedly over a long period of time say during COVID we you know we are very much at risk of being burnt out and in that we're not going to perform as well we're not going to be able to relate to patients as well our communication is more likely to become abrupt because we just don't have any more energy to give. Like we've, it's as if we've given all we can. And, you know, the avoiding burnout, the secret is really around getting a better balance in lifestyle, regular holidays, making sure you have downtime on a regular basis. I mean, very easy for me to say these things and much harder, particularly in, you know, there's currently a shortage of pharmacists. So there's people who can't get locums, they can't take holidays, they can't, fill their shifts so they're working extra shifts you know it, it really does and uh, put a lot of pressure on pharmacists and look it's happening right across the healthcare sector there's a big shortage of nurses and doctors in public hospitals at the moment um, simply because people have, are just taking time off or leaving because they're burnt out and you know that then creates more stress for the people who, who are still there so we've really got to look at how in our day-to-day -day lives we can integrate adequate rest breaks and recovery. Now, you know, it's a very small thing, but, you know, having a regular lunch break at work can be a very important part of this to give you the stamina to get through the long day where you're doing a lot of interaction. And, and you know, some people during that break, they might want to put on a meditation or go for a walk outside if they can, not everyone can, um, but have ways to really have a little bit of downtime during your day to get you through the rest of the day. And I know it's hard because community pharmacy stays open, you know, often, you know, um, 12 hours a day. Um, and obviously there are some that are, you know, open longer. Um, hopefully when they're open longer than 12 hours, they have more than one shift of staff so that people, but, you know, taking breaks is critical and taking the opportunity to, to have a few minutes to yourself. We recently, I had a, um, I did a webinar with some people from NAPSA and we got some early career pharmacists who talked about how they personally managed the, their stress levels. And, you know, one of the um, farm, yeah, she's still an intern. She was saying that in their pharmacy, they can say to their colleagues, I need five minutes and they can walk away and have five minutes to regain their composure, perhaps after a difficult situation. 
go to the toilet, just come back with a calmer sort of sense of calm, you know, more, I suppose, an increased sense of calm. You know, I think it's where, you know, the, you do get into this rabbit wheel or mouse wheel where you just go, 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 and you don't think you can stop, but it's really important to stop. And when you're not at work, to shut the door and leave work behind you. So when you go home, have something you enjoy doing. And another one of um, the early career thumbs is he loves to cook. And he showed, like, he talked about some of the things he's made and he even had some photos because um, this was a, we a webinar and, you know, things and sharing them. And he'd bring these cooking creations to work and share them with the start others, his colleagues. Um, and, you know, I think just having ways like hobbies, interests that are not pharmacy, so that when you're out of work, you can completely wind down and be away. Now, obviously, during an intern year, that's hard because you've got to study when you're away from um, work as well um, and you know you've got assignments you've got seminars you've got um, you know obviously long days of work you've got to try and get the balance right but you know building in some downtime making sure whether it's you just secure a few hours every weekend where you do something that you really enjoy whether it's a sporting activity having an art, like if you're artistic or you like music, doing something else. I mean, you know, many pharmacists have actually played musical instruments in the past. You know, it's a shame to lose those skills because that can be a really great way of winding down and, and separating yourself from your work because you're not your work. You're, you're, you know, yes, your identity is as a pharmacist, but you're also a person. You also have other aspects to your life. And I think, you know, that's, that's critical. And you know, in the long term, having holidays regularly is critical having regular and time to totally relax you know you don't relax having a long weekend fully you don't fully relax even having a week off you need to have a couple of weeks off so you know even though it can be hard to find locums and things you know you won't be able to keep going unless you do take some holidays and refresh so you know there's it's really important that we work that sort of it's, you know, it's not always a balance. It's often a juggle, but building into our lives things that are not pharmacy and, and remembering that we're whole people um, and getting out in, I mean, a lot of people recommend getting out in nature because whether it's at the beach or, you know, in the mountains or just in the bush somewhere, because that is so different from the four walls of a pharmacy or if you're in a hospital environment, it's a very, you know, being outdoors is really good, going for bushwalks, just building these things into your life to get that better balance so that you can have some downtime, which will give you the stamina to keep going when it's, you know, when you're really under pressure. It's a pity to see there are so many pharmacists leaving the profession. You know, you now work both for AMA as well as at PSS. From your perspective, what have you used your pharmacy skill sets in, in other areas and what other career opportunities has, you know, this pharmacy skill sets given you? Mm -hmm. Look, the pharmacy skill set actually, you know, gives you a very broad range of opportunities because a lot of it is about the way pharmacists problem solve and the way we've got scientific training. You know, we're taught about research. We've often done research projects. So, you know, there's opportunities in areas like clinical trials. Um, there's opportunities in, you know, the university sector, um, 
in people go into the armed services because not just for dispensing, but they go into the logistics side of things because, again, pharmacists are pretty good at logistics because, mm. you know, we're used to sort of having to sort out, mm. you know, getting stocks and things. So often, you know, pharmacists in the services, like the armed services, have more of a logistics role than a purely clinical role. Um, but, look, I've worked in for um, an organisation that was funded by the health department that was around quality use of medicines and that was, you know, working with um, a committee that looked at different issues in the quality use of medicines but also um, working with... We ran um, very early discussion groups for pharmacists using email. So, and this was with across hospitals. So people would have a question that they wanted to find out. I had an email list and it was, this email list was sent to all of the people in, um, in the public hospitals across the state, the pharmacy departments, and they would feed back their answers and I'd put together all their answers as a reply. So I also was involved, you know, in website management in that role around um, quality use of medicine. So, yeah, I understood what was being discussed, but I also learned a lot of skills on the job in those roles using, you know, technology. Um, I worked for um, I worked for PSA um, when it was just the Victorian branch. I was there, um, I was called something like project officer, but a lot of it was around media and communications, newsletter preparation, um, that sort of thing. Um, you know, you can often have what we call portfolio careers where you do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, so you might have, a, like in that case, I was working part-time for the Pharmaceutical Society but also did some, uh, that's when I worked in private hospital dispensary as a balance, so I didn't lose my clinical skills. But, you know, and often you'll find people now have multiple, more than one role, you know, they might work for the NPS, but they might also um, be a tutor or they might be, you know, have a weekend job in the pharmacy. You know, it's pharmacies the sort of work where you can have, because of the way, you know, the extended hours, we can often pick up after hours work, weekend work, which complements something we do on the other days of the week. So, look, the health department, every state health department employs some pharmacists, both in the poisons management and also often around the um, opioid substitution programs, but also just in the policy and the quality use of medicines and safety of, you know, healthcare issues, because we've got very broad knowledge of those areas. Um, then organisations like the Therapeutics Goods Administration employs pharmacists, the National Prescribing Service, NPS. And, you know, our skills are very broad and it's really just a matter of looking for those opportunities and thinking about what you can do. I mean, look at how quickly pharmacists have adapted to vaccination and vaccination clinics. And, you know, we can adapt very quickly to these different roles because we've got a basic science degree with pharmacy specific knowledge but we've also got you know research skills we are good problem solvers um, 
I'm just thinking about other things. Um, I was involved in a research project that was run out of the university and that took me into GP practices where I was assessing patients who were either current smokers or past smokers for COPD using spirometry. If they were smokers, I then spend time with them, advising them around how to quit and coaching them on that and then follow them up with some phone calls. So, you know, there's these opportunities as well to be involved in research projects as a mm. pharmacist. And, you know, I found it really interesting to work in general practice setting and learning out, learning about how they run things, which actually gives you an insight into a better insight into how to work with a gen local general practice when you've got problems with scripts because you mm. understand better about who are the movers and shakers in the in the mm. general practice. So it's often the practice manager mm. has, even though they're not a pharmacist and they're not even, sometimes they're not nurses, sometimes they are nurses, but, you know, if you want something, you often have to go to them to get access to mm the doctors they know how to get the doctor's attention um that sort of thing um look I, I went to work at ama in the well-being area i was already working with the pharmacist support service and they wanted to set up some well-being programs and i've been there now it's about um trying to think it must be around about 14 years and I, there I have a range of programs which sort of relate to things I've done in the past. They have a, a program similar to PSS with doctors who are volunteers who take calls, uh, you know, to support their colleagues. But we also run a visiting program that I coordinate with elderly doctors who might be in nursing homes or living alone who enjoy having a visitor. So I coordinate that. Now that a lot of the, the knowledge I, got, I learned there was based on doing RMMRs in aged care. So I understood better how aged care works, which was really useful in, in that role. Mm -hmm. So, you know, over your career, you pick things up along the way that come in useful at a later time. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I coordinate there is a mentoring program. And, you know, that was a new learning for me because um, I hadn't been involved in mentoring before and subsequently I did some mentoring myself through PSA. Um, but, yeah, running a mentoring program and, you know, helping early career doctors to find an experienced mentor who might be working in the field that they're in or wanting to, you know, that they want to go into um, and, you know, thinking about how people, um, how to match people and things like that. Again, it's, you know, it, it comes from your broader understanding of, of medicine and health um, and, you know, just general life experience. So I think you become, you know, over your career, if you've done different things, you've got to think about how those things you've done in the past might be relevant to a new role that you want to take on. And it's often just, you know, chance or coincidence but keeping your eyes open onto what opportunities come up. I mean, I've got friends who work in the health department. In the um, one of them works, she works in the like mental health services area. Um, I mean, she brings her skills as a pharmacist, but you know what she actually does is is a little bit different. It's um, you know more about service quality and things like that. So, you know, I think everything you do will open up different doorways mm. in your career.
Yeah, and I think you know, from an early career pharmacy point of view, we've only been in the pharmacy world for a couple of years compared to your career. It's really a really short time. I, from my point of view, I think we need to give us a bit more time, have a bit more patience to to ourselves in learning and new skill sets in, in this new industry. Mm, that's right, and getting extra qualifications along the way. I mean. I did a graduate diploma in hospital pharmacy um, fairly early in my career, not in the first couple of years, but a little bit after that. And, you know, that just gave me a different approach to what I was doing. Um, and, you know, you combine that with then, say, being on water rounds with doctors and you broaden your knowledge. And, you know, later on in life when I became accredited as a consultant pharmacist, that was really useful mm. to have done you know to have done that um, and then in the hospital setting I wanted to move a little bit into administration and I did a graduate diploma in in um, health administration so you know looking at at courses you can do and you know even if if you're if you're studying something as well as working even if the work's not really exciting and stimulating you've got the excitement and stimulation of doing another course and broadening mm -hmm. knowledge um you know pharmacists can look at things like public health as a as a mm -hmm. career pathway i mean i know someone who's gone totally into electronic medical records she went mm -hmm. and got a certificate for so she trains in hospital i mean she's still a pharmacist she's still registered got trained as in vaccination so she did a little bit of um, vaccinating you know there's so many you can often combine what you're doing and and you know don't necessarily like you know everyone thinks it's ideal to have you know a Monday to Friday job or a Monday to Saturday job but you know some pharmacy offers you the flexibility of studying and working part-time so that you've got that combination um, you know this I think um, you know we have to think broadly around health yeah. In terms of, you know, career focus. Um, Is there anything you want to leave us with? Any tips and insights or advice you want to leave our, our students, interns, the early career pharmacists? Look, I think, you know, having that, use every opportunity you can to learn something new. Always, always seek out what you can learn from a situation. Um, and, you know, it might be through self-reflection, but it might also be, you know, gaining knowledge from someone else, having that conversation with someone, um, getting to know another person and their job and what they do or getting to know your patients. You know, use every opportunity to learn and to keep learning. I think if you if you stop learning, that's when, you know, you're more likely to feel burnt out and 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 worn out and mm -hmm. unenthused about what you do. But if you're always learning, there'll be new challenges along mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And look, the other thing we didn't mean, I haven't mentioned there, and it's just come to me is research, mm -hmm. you know, because even within a community pharmacy, you can be doing a research project that you then present on at a conference and you build expertise in that area. So, you know, people often go in for you know research and that opens other doors as well so you know mm -hmm. thinking about I'm really you know I'd really like to assess whether this service works well 
and how you can evaluate that and, and building quality into what you're doing and looking at how it can be expanded and developed. But, you know, even just the challenge of giving presentations at conferences and building up specialised knowledge so you can do that mm-hmm. and presenting a paper at a conference, um, mm. where it'll, you know, to everyone or writing something that's published in, um, in a journal. You know, there's lots of opportunities there as well um, in the research area and that might be the path some people want to take while still having a foot in community pharmacy. They're also doing, you know, sort of research. And, you know, it's not, we haven't done a lot of research in community pharmacy. A lot of research is done in the hospital setting and it's seen mm-hmm. as integral to working in a lot of the big hospitals, they expect people to be involved in research projects. But you know, we could we can easily develop research within community pharmacy as well. Thank you so much, Kay. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Your Pharmacy Career Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Ravens Recruitment, Australia's leading specialist pharmacy recruitment agency. If you enjoyed this episode and know anyone else who you think would benefit from it, we would be grateful if you could share it with them. Together, we help even more pharmacists develop a career and life they love. If you have any questions or suggestions about future podcast episodes, please reach out to us via email, info at ravensrecruitment.com.au.